Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about the drawing of the three, the second book of the Dark Tower series. And we're in the third chapter, I believe. Yes. Today is November 5th, a Monday. So, our fancy week after Halloween. Yeah, uh, we hope you all enjoyed our silliness last week. Yeah, it was fun. So... Yes, Today's chapter is Chapter 3, Contact and Landing. Yes, I enjoyed this chapter quite a bit. I think I have a new leaf every time, because I always forget to. <laughs> I just use my by Battle Sloths 2025 sticker. Well, I don't have a fancy sticker, okay? That's all I got. Maybe one day when we have stickers, you know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Have my little bat here. Or, you know, we can do the key, we can do a cog, we can just do characters. We have endless possibilities. Well, once we get some backup going, wink, wink. People out there. (laughs) Yes, yes. We'll get to things eventually. But anyway, contact and landing. Contact. My very first note was just, thank you for choosing Delta. <laughs> <laughs> just oh the fact God. that they're flying Delta. He used which, the real... Yeah. I can't remember which ones have... It's United that's having tons of issues right now. <laughs> All of us had issues at some point. Yeah, but United's been burning pretty badly lately. <laughs> yeah, they're the cheapest one too, so... <laughs> um, I, the first note I wrote down was Nassau. Not, is it, yes, Nassau. Because when I think of that, I think of black sails, I think of black flag, or I, I think of Assassin's Creed, black, fla- black flags, black flag. It was called black flag, I believe. Um, I think of Treasure Island, pretty much any pirate, because it's, you think of Nassau, the island in Nassau, where the pirates roam. You're way beyond anything I know about. So you're, just, you're speaking gibberish at this point. I light my book on fire. <laughs> Let's not do that. But No, you... Nothing? No, I got nothing. I know what you're talking about. It's not sour in this? I don't know what you're talking about. What? Literally, that's where he came from. What? Oh, is that is, is this? Yeah, coming in from Nassau, your driver's license and a credit card with a stateside bank listed on it was supposed to, supposed to be enough. That's a, yeah, I just don't even remember reading that. It's been, it was in last chapter, too. I still don't remember it. It's a word that I'm not very familiar with, so I was probably just like, sure, that's what it is, and moved on. <laughs> Didn't pay attention to that whatsoever. Maybe you guys will get it, but anyway. I'm sure they know more than me, okay? <laughs> I'm sure they do. Otherwise, my next note was the name. What was, hmm? your, what was your first note besides Welcome to Delta? <laughs> was uh, his specially tailored shirt. Oh, okay. So mine was right before that, pretty okay. much. So anyways, before we just jump right into just random stuff. We are. <laughs> uh, as you know, last week it was just they're on the plane, they're switching back and forth, the stewardess is kind of give like... 
I, I know something funny is with that guy because yep. it, it, it was his eyes keep changing. Yes. And so now Eddie has just woken up. He thinks he kind of dozed off. Yep. But really, it's just been Roland kind of playing around with things. He? Um, they're pretty much getting ready to land. And Eddie is thinking back to... Well, he's not really thinking back, but I I guess I'm, technically he is. He's thinking about how he started all this, where he got the coke strapped to him and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. So, my first note was that... Uh, they had a hotel room where a soft-spoken American named William Wilson had strapped them on. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking about the name being made famous by Poe, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. Because Edgar Allan Poe had written a story in 1839 called William Wilson. Sure. I actually looked this up. Okay. I do love Edgar Allan Poe, but the name did not ring a bell at all for some reason. So I did look it up. Apparently it is a story about a doppelganger. Pretty much this this guy has the name William Wilson. He meets a person who looks kind of similar to him named William Wilson and he starts like he starts realizing they're dressing the same and they just they look so much alike and it seems like every time he sees this person they look more and more like him. And it gets to a point where they break off and he starts kind of getting into some... He starts doing shady stuff. Like, he starts trying to steal from people. He starts t- trying to... Uh, l- like, he tried luring a married woman into having sex with him or something like that. Ooh. And every time he tries to do this, his doppelganger suddenly appears and ruins it for him. Like... He tried, that's what he did, he tried pl- cheating in a game of cards, and his doppelganger kind of led people on to what he was doing. And then when he tried uh, getting with this woman, his doppelganger talked him out of it. So his, the, his doppelganger became almost like a conscience, mm-hmm. in a way. And until he decided to take his doppelganger and kill it. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> to which uh, he killed him, I think, and then ended up passing by a mirror or some sort and seeing, looking in and actually seeing his doppelganger instead of himself. And his doppelganger pretty much said in a way, by killing me, you have killed yourself. Like, look how you're killing yourself by killing me. I don't know. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's interesting. I, actually, yeah. I, I, I really like Edgar Allan Poe, so... That was a random tangent, but good. Yeah, one. random tangent, but it, it relevant to the book. <laughs> but apparently, he tried. He pretty much tried telling this to the guy named William Wilson, and that he he had no idea what Eddie was talking about. So he just looked at him like, "Okay, dude." Well, Eddie's a fairly <laughs> smart fellow. For being a druggie, he's a fairly <laughs> smart fellow. So it just said that William William Wilson pretty much just stared at him blankly while he tried describing this. Mm-hmm. Miss Eddie. And then your shirt. Yeah, handing over the shirt. Just an ordinary paisley shirt. A little faded. The sort of thing you that any frat boy might wear back in the plane following a short pre-exam holiday. Except this one was specially tailored to hide unsightly bulges. Well, you don't want no one to know you, you've got two pounds of cocaine 
underneath your armpits there. But they won't know that, well, I guess... I, I'm not sure how you would hide it to where it just would be unnoticeable, but I'm also not in the drug smuggling <laughs> business, so... How come we don't know these things? <laughs> just... But, yeah, so... Imagine doing research for that. King doing research. How to smuggle these drugs. Cop show up as a door. Well, we've seen some kind of interesting things in your search history right now. Well, probably not when you wrote this book. <laughs> well, just... Since the internet wasn't a big thing back in... When you read this book, this particular <laughs> one, in the 80s or something? Uh, 1987. Like, really? Yeah. Like, really? Cop well, this one's copyrighted 1987. Sure, the year I was born. Let's go with that. That sounds good. So, yeah, again, the internet, not a big thing. Imagine going to do research. I don't even know, don't even know how to go about going to find Library. the right people to talk about, <laughs> to figure out how to figure out. Watch enough movies? I don't know. How to smuggle cocaine under your armpits. nice hints and things going so yeah he pretty much they're they're getting ready to he they made the shirt everything like that he puts it on and wilson's pretty much just like well you make sure you check everything before you get off the plane yeah because this make sure everything's good make sure you're strapped make sure this is going to happen so you go through customs there's no issues so he goes in there gets himself a little fix yeah make he, sure he's cool yes he had a raging need it was it's it hadn't been temptation but a raging need. Well, he had to, he had to calm down. He had to make sure he, he was cool. He was fine. He was all right. And I don't know if he could get if he could go in there a little cooled out just a little. It might be the one thing that put him over the top. Yes, so he had to be, he had to be cool. <laughs> but then, of course, you know he. Goes back to his seat, and they keep talking about the steel wire and his gut twisting. Yes. And then we switch perspectives. Yay! Which we do a whole bunch in this particular chapter. Yes. Between Roland, between Eddie, and between that Jane, this Jane the woman, Jane. who just has, just has that, oh, that feeling about Eddie. The army woman. <laughs> the army woman. So, yes. We get to her perspective, where she's... Once again, fixed on his eyes. Like yes. he, he goes to the restroom, comes back out. Oh, his eyes are hazel again, so it must be the contact. Must be contact. It has to be. There's nothing else. But this just still doesn't feel quite right. He's too pale. Too pale. But your mother's pale. <laughs> but those, those eyes, you know, that they're pretty nice eyes, so why would you wear contacts? Is it because he likes designer eyes. What's wrong with that? So she, she has a very back-and-forth dialogue until she decides to make her weapon. Her weapon of choice. <laughs> Which, that was I, great. I mean, that was awesome. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Like, I've thought about that before. Like, if you're in a situation, like, in the break room, here at home, well, not you because you don't have a coffee maker or whatever, but, like, you just, you're at a diner, whatever, and there's hot coffee there. Like, I've thought about that before, too. Like, hey, if someone attacks me and I have a thermos, I'm going to splash them with some hot coffee oh, in the eyeball. It, it'll do <laughs> a good job. So, yes, she she fills her thermos and doesn't put the top quite on all the way. No, no, she does not. And she is prepped. She gets, um, what's her name, Susie, I think? Yes. 
the BB Sider, and she is ready. She's like just telling her, just yeah. back me up, be right here. Something's fishy. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. She, she doesn't quite say like she's not ready to say it all, but she's just like have my back. Have my back. Be ready. She's like Susie thinks I flipped out. <laughs> But she, so she she got ready, and then Eddie does something. Yep, A three unzip the bag. Jane, get ready. Yes. So she he reaches down, and she just has it in this mental like this mental image in her head that he's about to just pull out a grenade or pull out something and just take us all away. Yes. So she has she her coffee for the, the entire point that she actually sees him pull out an yes. Uzi. Yeah, <laughs> so she gets it in her head so much that you know it's there, but. Before we get to that point, we go back to Roland. Yeah, we go back to Roland. We go back a little bit, and we kind of go back over things through Roland's perspective. What's going on? And I love it. Oh, it's, I, it's great. I absolutely love Roland's perspective because you... We know Eddie's like us. We know, we, we've seen Roland, you know, perceive things a certain way. But now you can tell the difference between Roland and all his training and someone like Eddie, like us, where we just kind of go about our day. We kind of pick up on weird vibes, but no, we see Roland as he is, as a gunslinger. Oh, yeah, and he, he cannot stand how everyone <laughs> is just so unaware of what's going on and no one's prepared for anything. And yes. All these fat people. Yes, he he pretty much is like, well, Eddie's not that bad off, no. but he's slow. He's still slow because he hasn't picked up on what's going on around him, and that bothers Roland so badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prisoner was better, but not good enough. Not at all. The army woman, she saw something. I don't know what, but she saw something wrong. She's awake to him in a way she's not to the others. I, I, I love, once again, the language kicks in, where it's like, the prisoner sat down, looked at a limp-covered book he thought of as a magazine. <laughs> Although who Magda might have been, or what she might have seen, mattered not a whit to Roland. <laughs> not even a little bit. Good old Magda and what she's looking at. I love that. I just, I love the use of language and that that barrier that's still between them. It's great. He just does not know. He's yeah. so confused on Tudor these third Fish base. and Magdacene. Magdacene. He didn't want to look at the book. He wanted to look at the woman in the army uniform. So he pretty much, he, he hasn't taken control of Eddie. He's still in the back. He knows something's weird going on, but he's not taking control. He wants to just kind of see what happens to see if maybe Eddie knows something he doesn't. He's decided that Balazar <laughs> is someone important, someone who deals with these drugs, and if he deals with these drugs, he must know something about medicine as well. Yes. Like, Merlin, I think you're a little off on your perspective of this. It's not quite how this works. Because a man who dealt in drugs would either know a man or be a man who also cured people. <laughs> a man who could listen to what was wrong and then maybe so the, he's I uh, also once again the language it was called this entire ritual the 
him going through this process and then going into the airport and being okayed by people was called clearing the customs. And it was a ritual, okay? This is something very important. Okay. What how did you read this world word? G A O L. Gal. Jail. <laughs> See, I'm I didn't look it up. I meant to I don't know if it's an actual word that he uses as, like, prison or jail or something, or if he heard the word jail in uh, Eddie's mind and didn't know how to say it. So that's how they spelled it, Gail. I don't don't even know where it's at and how to even put it in context. Could she keep him from clearing the customs? Roland thought the answer was probably yes. And then... And I don't know if he... I, I want to say it as jail, maybe. Like, he picked it out of Eddie's head and didn't know... It's a prison word. Gail. And if the prison were galed, then there would be no place to get the sort of medicine and inspected. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be taking the place of jail. Yeah. So but they don't, don't explain why it's such a wonky word. Like, I don't know if it's actually... Like, I, if it's an actual word, I've never heard of it. Yeah, but again, it seems to be taking... Yeah. You, if you just put jail in that spot, it works perfect. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's the, like, Magdacine thing. Yeah. A place for the confinement of people accused or convicted of crime. Yeah, so it's It's a real just, word. It's, it's a real word, but it's jail. When you look it up, it's jail. And it's noun, gale. Huh, that's So, odd. weird. Why is jail spelled G-A... O-L. Both are accepted, but jail is preferred. It admits that, in general, the spelling of this word has shifted in Australian English from jail to jail. So it is pronounced jail, but it's spelled in Australian English. Hmm. It's just the word he's familiar with. I, I guess so. So, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Word of the day, guys. Jail. So it's jail, <laughs> but it's just... G-A-O-L. And if the prisoner was jailed... There would be no place to get the sort of medicine his infected, dying body needed. So, because of this, Roland has now decided, I will try to help him clear the customs. Clear the customs. He must clear the customs. He must. Um, what did you think of the oracle? What do you mean? Like, the fact... Like, uh, Roland is sitting here describing this process in the most... How would you say it? Unword, unworldly way. Like, it is this great holy ritual. And so he says, uh, it was the drug the prisoner meant to smuggle in that would make clearing the customs so difficult, of course. There might be some sort of oracle who might be consulted in the cases of people who seemed suspicious. And <laughs> it's just he... He doesn't understand how this works. I know, but... He's it's, very confused... What this thing is he has to get through in order to be fine once he gets off. Uh, Very confused. Very confused. The the clearing ceremony. (laughs) I love Roland. He's beautiful. So his goal is to take the drugs... And bring them to his world, and then from his world, bring them back to Eddie's world when he needs them. Yes. The experiment. The experiment. And I think he does that right in just a moment. 
Yep, it was pretty much right after that because he's talking mm. about uh, before that he had what the one thing I'd written down is that uh, one made it, it, crossing the border in some in his world is you just make the sign of fealty to the kingdom's monarch a simple token gesture and you are allowed to pass. So that's how he's thinking that this ceremony or this customs thing is supposed to work. Not quite. <laughs> So his experiment is to take a coin and to bring it to his world. And then from his world, bring the coin, and he decides to put a shell in his hand to yes. see if he can bring something from his world and bring it to Eddie's world. Yes. No. no. For whatever reason, which I don't get at all, he cannot bring something from his world to Eddie's world other than himself. I actually think it makes sense. Okay, if you think about it in in a general way, okay, something from Eddie's world could, could possibly exist in Roland's world because Roland's world is after Eddie's. But bringing something back, it would not exist in Eddie's world because it was never created. Stretch. I think you're stretching That's it a not, bit. No, that is not stretch. That is time travel, okay? If we consider this of, time travel and not other worlds. Well, either way, it is a different win. I'm just saying in general. This is guessing. This is guessing. Well, obviously, unless we talk to King himself, of course it's guessing. It's guessing. But that is my best guess, is that things from Eddie's world could still exist in Roland's because it's before. Mm. But things from Roland's world could not exist in Eddie's because it was not created. Unless somehow Roland's shells had lasted that long. (laughs) Best theory we have, even though it's, it's... Nah... Either that or it was a plot thing that had to be somewhat important in the story. I don't know. So, yes, he, he's able to do that. So he can indeed take the drugs, put them in his world, and then bring the drugs back and give them back to Eddie so Eddie can do whatever he needs to do so they can get where they need to get so Roland can get his medicine. Our medicine. mascot is wanting to make her presence known at yes, the hello. same time. Hello, yes, hello. Hi, baby girl. Oh, yes, here's your kisses. You want to read? You want to read? Interesting. Him uh, looking at the coin. Oh, the silver. It looked like silver. Well, not even that. It says, on the back was an eagle. (laughs) The device which had decorated his own banner. And with those dim days when there had been... Kingdoms and banners to symbolize them. Time short. Go back. Hurry. But just interesting that he... The eagle that's in the back of the coin. He finds that very interesting that... They would have it on the back of their coin. And in his time, when there was kingdoms, it was on their flag. Hmm. It was their crest. Of course, like... (laughs) He's wanting to sit here and look at this coin. (laughs) Still. And then it's like, go back, hurry, and he's still just kind of sitting there looking at this coin. Yeah, I mean, a moment longer thinking. It was hard to think. I do like that, though, that they, uh, 
It says, It was harder to think inside this head. The prisoner's was far from clear, but it was, tempor temporarily at least, a cleaner vessel than his own. So, once again, throughout this kind of thing, I mean, it hints back, obviously. It keeps talking about Roland being sick. But... It's it's a nice reminder of how sick Roland oh, really is. You know is. how sick he really is? Yeah. Let's get a little bit further. Yes. But like his mind is just like, you know, you're sick and it's just clouded and you just can't think straight. So it's like going from Eddie's mind, who yes, he's a little coked up right now, but he's still fresh. His body is clean besides being on drugs. And then Roland is just going downhill fast. So I would not want to be in Roland's head right now at all. <laughs> um, oh, the only other note I wrote was paper everywhere. The paper everywhere. As if to adjust the little paper thing on the back of his seat, by all the gods that ever were, there was paper everywhere in this place. Yeah. Yeah, and then the bottom one I had a note for, but it was just saying that he was unable to bring the cartridge yeah. back or the shell back. <laughs> they still call him their guards a watch that might search him from head to toe. Oh, will they ever? So, once again, we pretty much slip back into what? Irish Jane. I keep forgetting her name. I don't know why. Good old Jane. Yep. 3A. The man with the two-toned eyes strained up and Jane saw, actually saw, a snub-nosed Uzi in his hand before she realized it was nothing but a, but his duty declaration card and a little zipper bag of a sort which men sometimes hold in their passports. So yeah, she, she's overly prepared. For Eddie just to try to take out the whole plane. Yep. And then she's like, oh, sigh of relief. Close the thermos. Trouble over. And to which she starts addressing Susan about what's going on and what her little, her little suspicion and uh, they're talking and... Yeah, she pretty much said, call me an asshole. You have every right. She's like, no, you, you did the right thing. And then says, I, I, I overreacted, and dinner's on me. And then Susie reveals her, her thought on it. Well, she says, you were watching his hands, Susie said, and laughed. Jane joined in. I was watching what happened to his shirt when he bent <laughs> over to get his bag. He got enough stuff under there to stock a Woolworth notions counter. Woolworth, uh, Woolworth's notion counter. Only I don't think he's carrying the kind of stuff you could buy at Woolworth. I've never been into a Woolworth. I, I don't even never, think they exist anymore. I, never... I do know it's a store. Oh. I, didn't... I, oh. I assumed it was a store, but I, I didn't know it was an actual store. I think it is. I'm pretty sure. I've heard the name somewhere. I think it's a real place. And so throughout this discussion, uh, Susie kind of led on to the fact that. Oh, we're having we're having a nice little ha ha discussion. We're just talking like good, you know. Mm -hmm. A flight what? I always forgot what they, flight attendants, stewardesses. Yeah, stewardess, whatever, yeah. flight attendants, the same thing. Either way, They're army the, women. Okay, yeah, army women. We're gonna go with army <laughs> women. But 
the uniformed women. They're sitting here talking, laughing, having a good time, but they're having a serious discussion about it. Yes, a serious discussion. About how they're going to have to tell the captain, and the captain will deal with it. It's nothing they're going to have to deal with, or customs will deal with it, and... So they've caught on to good old Eddie. Yes. Not a terrorist, but a drug smuggler. Thank God for small favors. Get in a way. She hated it. He had been cute. Not much. But a little. (laughs) You look a little cute. You look a little cute. (laughs) Is it too bad you're just smuggling drugs? Yeah, you're just smuggling drugs. (laughs) Wouldn't it be better if you're a terrorist? (laughs) The first line... He still doesn't see, the gunslinger thought with an anger and dawning desperation. Gods! Just cannot believe that Eddie just cannot figure out what's going on. He's, at this point, Roland's getting agitated. He's very agitated. The silver tube with the red top, which he had at first taken for some kind of canteen, was apparently Apparently a weapon. (laughs) I do love that. I love that. I marked that too. She was holding it up between her breasts now. Roland thought that any moment or two, she would either throw it or spin it off the red top and shoot him with it. Like, all right. And he's dead. She has shot him with the, the coffee container. Coffee is a great weapon, okay? Don't generally shoot it, but... Uh, good old Roland has no idea what's going on in this world. Well, I mean, he was right. She does intend to use it like a weapon. More likely, she, it would be the throw it. The throw it. Because she's going to splash it with hot coffee, okay? She's going to take him out. She turned to the army woman she was sitting with and said something. The other woman laughed and nodded. But if that was a real laugh, the gunslinger thought he was a river toad. Yes. Roland's completely aware, 100%, what's going on. He picks up, they know what's going on. They've caught on to Eddie, apparently. Oh, they're talking to the captain. This ain't going to be good. The gunslinger wondered how the man whose mind had become temporary, home for the gunslinger's own car, could be so stupid. Uh, My next one is, he had to do more than come forward. He must make contact with Eddie Dean. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Finally. Yes. Finally. This were things that actually, actually started interesting. I, like before that though, the only notes I had were that uh, him talking about the light. They are as they are because they live in the light, the gunslinger thought suddenly. That light of civilization you were taught to adore above all other things. They live in a world which has not moved on. So, pretty much like, they're still used to being pampered. They're still used to av- having everything around them. They, they, I mean, yes, we still have to work for things, but they're, they're a lot more civilized than Roland's world, where we've gone into well, a mix of both medieval and western... Yeah, things are not good. Things are yeah. never good. Um, and then how she... What was it? How, oh, and how he uh, related what was going on between him and Eddie. How he thought... He's like, 
The prisoner was looking at all but seeing nothing. Court would have first sneered, then driven him through the nearest wall. <laughs> so there's that training, right? Where it's like, well, Eddie didn't have a court. He had a Henry, but he he didn't have a court. No, court was definitely worse. But you learned. You have no yeah. choice but to learn. But yeah, that's the only two notes I had before first contact. Yes, we'll have first contact. So that is what he does. He gives a um, good old Eddie a little chat here. <laughs> Not a thought, a voice. A voice. Listen to me, fellow listener. Listen to me, fellow. Listen carefully. And if you would remain safe, let your face show nothing which might further rouse the suspicion of those army women. God knows they're suspicious enough already. So, Eddie kind of goes through a list of things he thinks happening. <laughs> Well, I love the, uh, maybe he was receiving some sort of transmission, AM or FM or VHF, on the fillings of his teeth. Yeah, that, that was disproven a long time. That's not how things work here. First, so he thought he was still wearing the headphones. Yes. Then he thought he was receiving transmissions through his teeth, which reminds me of the old cartoon Brace Face. I don't remember if you ever... I don't think so. Yeah, okay. It was just a random, like, cartoon that was on... I think it was Alicia Silverstone who did the voice of her. I don't know. Either way. Um, but which it was the same thing. She was getting transmissions through her braces. Of course she was. Uh, that also reminds me of a movie called Drake, Jake and Josh. Or Drake and Josh. No, Josh and Sam. Oh, my God. It, no. It's about a older brother and a younger brother who decide to run away from home. And his Younger, the younger brother has fillings, and his older brother convinces him that he's an alien. He so he's like, "See, I can prove that you're an alien." And he takes tin foil from gum, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Bite down on this," and so he bites down on it. And of course, it hurts, and so he's like, "See, that means you're an alien." And then, of course, they run away, and it's not till later when they're at a diner and a woman. I think it's a woman who's like, "No, no, that's because of your the the fillings. It reacts to the metal, like, and." So that's when the two brothers have problems and the younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stuff. an old movie. Yeah, stuff you've seen. <laughs> it's pretty much about the same time that we were talking about the movie with Kathy Bates where she owns a farm and mm -hmm. there's two boys. Yeah, that, that's about the same range that I was <laughs> watching that those movies in. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Straighten yeah. up, maggot. They're suspicious enough without you looking as if you've gone crazy. Yep. That's my next note. Maggot. Maggot. Yes. So, we also learned that Eddie has a, had a sister. Yeah, and that, that was my next note. Was I completely forgot anything about that. Not that it's really important. I knew that he had... I knew that there was a sibling that had died. Because I remember it being mentioned a couple of times throughout the books. But I didn't remember that they gave her a name. Selena. Selena. Yes, she had been struck and killed by a car. Yeah, I mm. forgot any person existed whatsoever. Well, Again, it doesn't play a real no, any role for the I rest mean, of the books, but yeah. It does explain why... One of one of the reasons why Henry was so hard on Eddie, because their parents didn't really watch out for them. So Henry, Henry was the one that had to watch over Eddie, 
And that's pretty much how he kept Eddie in line, is he kind of beat the shit out of him. And it was his way of saying he didn't want him to occupy a pine box long before his time, like the sister. So it's like, it, it's just one of those things they kind of threw in to say, hey, this is kind of why this relationship is how it as is. As jacked up as it yeah. is. Next fancy news that you are not going crazy. <laughs> I am another person. This is telepathy? <laughs> oh, I love that. His face was completely expressionless. He thought that, under the circumstances... That ought to qualify him for the Best Actor of the Year Academy Award. It's like, dude. <laughs> that was my next note, was the best actor. Oh, I like that. That was a great one. It's on the next page, though. Anything else you have? Um, Other than just uh, him just... Just keep insulting Eddie over and over again. <laughs> uh, mine was the catalog that he was he was rummaging through Eddie's mind like a catalog to find words because he was trying to find out the word of the drug. He's like, the army women know you are carrying, and it says there was a pause, a feeling, otter beyond telling, of phantom fingers rummaging through his brain as if he were a living card catalog. And then Roland continues, heroin or cocaine. I can't tell which, which, except except it must be cocaine because you're carrying the one you don't take to buy the one you do. Yes. Yeah. And then what army woman? <laughs> but yeah, otherwise that was it. And we finally, he, we finally, he finally figured out what to say what these army women are. <laughs> army stewardess is what yes. they turned into. <laughs> and then of course they yell at each other. <laughs> Clearing with... of customs. The hmm. language of the voice in his head was arcane. The term so off kilter, they almost they were almost cute. <laughs> that was my next one. Because he just speaks so differently and doesn't know I what to it. say and The voice was saying the game was over. Well, things were definitely good. Well, they switch back to the right spelling of jail, or the other spelling spelling of jail. We <laughs> ignore you. Will go to jail, and you will die. The voice roared. Are you any astrologically fearful? We don't get that. Hmm. He doesn't. Roland doesn't actually introduce himself. No, he, as Roland. No, it, I think the first thing. I, one, I think it's just too much going on. Yeah, yeah way but too yeah, much. But it's like. That was the first step in acceptance. He's like, so, who are you? He believes. <laughs> yes. Who in the God's names are you? A.S. reluctantly fearful. And the rolling finally, he believes. The gunslinger thought, thank all the gods that are, ever were, are or ever were, he believes. And then the plane stops. Yep. <laughs> you are rapidly, rapidly running out of time. Yes. Um, I put seven... Okay, so the next note I have is the last paragraph on the next page, so. Mine was just, it's time to get to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, because it is time to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, mine was, um, 
One, he was cold now, not cold turkey, just cold. He didn't need the voice in his head to make him cold. Cold, sometimes that was okay. You just had to be careful you didn't get so cold you froze. Yep. The plane has stopped. People are moving. Eddie's got to figure out how to get to the bathroom as quickly as possible <laughs> because they've got crap that needs to get done. Yes. So grabs the stuff, heads towards the door, and... Oh, oh, I don't feel well. I don't, no, I don't feel good. Oh, oh. I, I believe I'm going to vomit, and I don't want to do it on your shoes. Or mine, either. And then... All the fun stuff happens. Uh, my next note is just pain. I have to see where my, my next one. It's just, it's, uh, oh, just uh, Eddie seeing through two pairs of eyes. Ah, yeah, because that's pretty much it. Was the same feeling that Roland had got when he first stepped forward into Eddie's, not really Eddie's mind, but just when he stepped more forward. Mm-hmm. Is he started like the pain in his hand went away. He felt like whole again. He didn't feel his sickness. He felt. But he did kind of feel dizzy-ish. Like he he just he didn't feel as clear because of Eddie. He he could tell he was sick. Yes. Just not as sick as Roland, but he yeah. was sick. And then so now, of course, he's starting to go the opposite direction. Eddie's starting to feel what Roland feels, which is not, not no, it's not good to feel what Roland feels. Yeah. Because he went, at some point here he tells him the plan of what he's going to do. So I think I skipped completely. No, uh, it, uh, no, uh, it just, I think they wait until he's actually in the bath, or the, he doesn't tell him what's going to happen until he steps through the door. But he pretty much says, uh, my note was, parts of the other were gone, freshly gone, screaming with pain, sensing with ten senses, thinking with two brains, his blood beating with two hearts. And then that's when he saw the door. But I just... Just being reminded that Roland doesn't have fingers. Yeah. I think the next one's going to be that. So he steps through the door. Eddie moans, stepping towards the doorway, stumbled and fell into another world. And then we get the wonderful, wonderful description of Roland. Holy crap. How he appears to Eddie. Yeah. And this is the best description we get of Roland, I think, almost ever. Yeah, we get we got a we got a somewhat good description of the very first chapter of the very first book. Yes. They describe what he's wearing, they describe his scruff look. But this is he's aged ten years just by talking with the man in black. He's gotten eaten alive yes <laughs> and now he's been sick for we don't really know the time period how many days how long it's been and his body's just been sitting there yes he's not doing well where's this description begin it's we usually gotta... the it's right like literally the second yeah, there's be. a small paragraph and then that big paragraph is the first part of it yeah yeah Eddie recoiled his feelings of disorientation and dreaming. This man was dead and didn't know it. 
No. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going. I thought, no, I was just letting you know where it was. Yeah, I, I oh. just yeah didn't know. His face was gaunt. The skin stretched over the bones of his face like strips of cloth, wound around slim angles of metal, almost to the point where the cloth must tear itself open. Jesus. Like sweet Lord Roland, what what are you like the Grim Reaper? This sounds horrible. Uh, the man's skin was so livid, save for heretic spots of red high on each cheekbone, on the neck below the angle of the jaw on either side, and a single circular mark between the eyes like a child's effort to replicate a Hindu caste symbol. Yet his eyes, blue, steady, sane, were alive and full of terrible and tenacious v- vitality. He wore dark clothes and some homespun material. The shirt, its sleeves rolled up, was black and faded almost to gray. His pants something that looked like blue jeans. Gun belts crisscrossed his hips, but the loops were almost all empty. The, the holsters held guns that looked like forty five, but forty fives of an incredibly antique vintage. The smooth wood of their handle grips seemed to glow with their own inner light. Eddie, who didn't know he had an intuition, intention of speaking, anything to say, heard himself saying something nevertheless. Are you a ghost? <laughs> yeah, he's a ghost. Yeah, he's just saying not He might as well be. Jeez. Not yet, the man with the guns croaked. The devil weed, cocaine, whatever you call it. Take off your shirt. Your arms. Eddie had seen them. The arms of the man who looked like the extravagant sort of gunslinger who would only see in a spaghetti western were glowing with lines of bright, baleful red. Eddie knew well enough what lines like that meant. They meant blood poisoning. They meant the devil was doing more than breathing up your ass. He was already crawling up the sewers that led to your pumps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've gotten a pretty good description of what Roland looks like right now. He looks like death. He looks like a corpse that's been in the ground for a little while. Yeah. I think, actually, I just realized something. That the next line pretty much was, Mr. Dean, that voice, he thought, is another world. Not really doubting it. So that is the first time that Roland has heard any part of Eddie's name. It's right there, Mr. Dean. Yeah, it is. So pretty much, Eddie is now in Roland's world, and he can still hear the people banging on the bathroom door. Because well, there's this mysterious, weird door in between. Yeah. You can leave it. Pick it up later. The gunslinger croaked. Gods, don't you understand? I have to talk here. It hurts, and there's no time, you idiot. And Eddie's a little dumbfounded. Yeah. He doesn't really know what's going on. There were men Eddie would have killed for using such a word. <laughs> Eddie, you would kill nobody. <laughs> shut, shut up. But he had an idea that he might have a job killing this man, even though the man looked like killing might do him good. Yes. Yeah, no, no, good, good luck trying to kill Roland at this point. He may be on death's doorstep, but he's a fearsome opponent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my next one is for a couple pages. <laughs> yeah, mine was on the next page. Like, All right. Pretty much they just... He starts unbuttoning his shirt, revealing that 
indeed, the drugs have been taped. Not just like, oh, here's a little tape, here's a... No, it's all the way around. Yes, it's been wrapped around it's, him. It is a girdle, pretty much. What is, it? is that what they use? Was it a harness or a girdle? I don't know, because the next page they go back to the stupid pilot. Yeah, so they had taken the William Wilson, the man whose name Poe had made it famous 20 years ago. Uh, 20 minutes to strap him up. They would have the door to the first class bathroom open in five. Seven at most. I can't get rid of, uh, get this off. He told the swaying man in front of him, I don't know who you are or where I am, but I'm telling you, there's too much tape and too little time. And then we go back to the... Yeah, the, the pilots again. The dumb pilots, and we get a little more description of what's actually happening there. Here's a gunslinger. Get my knife, the gunslinger said. It's in my purse. It's in my purse. The man has a purse. Or well, how does Eddie describe it? It's a big pack sack than a purse. The kind of thing you expected to see hippies carrying as they made their way along the Appalachian Trail. Getting high on nature and maybe a bomber joint every now and then. Except this looked like the real thing, not just a prop for some airhead self-image. Something that had done years and years of hard, maybe desperate, traveling. And yes, it has. It definitely, definitely has. And then right after that was, um, we had mentioned during our small little break, <laughs> it says, gestured, but did not point. Couldn't point. Eddie realized why the man had a swatch of dirty shirting wrapped around his right hand. Some of his fingers were gone. That they were. They were um, no longer there. Yeah. Not, nothing Rolly can do about that at this point. Lobstrosities. Lobstrosities. But yes, before that, um, like the, in the little break of pilot story, all I all I mentioned was that the uh, to the co-pilot and the navigator apparently had experience with coke. Yeah, cocaine. That's good stuff. Meanwhile, McDonald, the uh, your your main pilot of the evening, had not put anything stronger in his system than aspirin. I mean, between Jake's father and these guys, everybody's <laughs> on Coke, okay? Everybody loves that Coca-Cola. Yes. Hey, signified with a little gesture of sniffling and rubbing your nose. We're going to get that stuff. It's good stuff, okay? But yes, so he, uh, Eddie digs through Roland's bag, finds the knife, and stops to admire it for a minute because this is, this is a gorgeous knife. Did you note? Did you note Henry's little jig? Apparently not. Oh no. Oh well, it's not really a jig. It's just a. It says, um, "None of this was real. That was it. That was an answer." As Henry Dean, the great sage and eminent junkie, would have put it, "Flip flop, hippity hop, off oh. your rocker and over the top. Life's a fiction and the world's a lie. So put on some credence and let's get high." And I was just like, "Yeah, good old." Henry has some nice little... Catchphrases? Yeah. So yeah, at this point, they're still... What I have here? There's still them. They're about to start breaking in the door. Yes. 
Um, well, as soon as the passengers are off, we're breaking that door open, he said. I don't care if uh, customs are here or not. Do you understand? And which they've also called customs to come. Yes. So customs are heading this way. The last of the customers are about to get off, and they're about to start breaking down this door. Yes. Eddie, Eddie has found the knife. He starts admiring it. He pretty much gets... I, I don't know if... It doesn't, it doesn't really say if... Uh, the, if Roland actually hit him, or if it just... If it he, doesn't specify. Yeah, it I just, agree. I read that twice, and yeah. I'm like, what? Because it just says he was he was admiring this knife, and it was just pain exploded in his ear, roared across his head, and momentarily puffed a red cloud across his vision. He fell clumsily over the open purse, struck the sand, and looked up at the pale man in cut-down boots. This was no nodder. The blue eyes blazing from that dying face were the eyes of all truth. Admire it later, prisoner, the gunslinger said. <laughs> For now, just use it. So I don't know if it was because they're sharing the same existence, kind of? I don't know what it was, because it didn't really say. It wasn't specified. It almost feels like you throw a rock at him or yeah. something. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, is that maybe he threw something, but... Because the way he described it was like when Court hit them as kids. Like, mm -hmm. pain exploded in their ear and stuff like that. So I don't know what the hell happened there. But it said he could feel his ear throbbing and swelling. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like he got hit upside the head, apparently. So yes, Eddie has now started cutting the tape. And we go back to Old McDonald. Yeah. He told him to get the knife that it was really sharp. Really sharp. Cut the tape, Gunfinger said uh, grimly. If they break into the privy while you're still over here, I've got the feeling you're going to be over here for a very long time. And with a corpse for company before long. <laughs> oh, poor He's doing so well. The man is not doing good. So then we switch back to the plane again. Of which the last person is getting off. Snooty little lady. Yes. Pardon me for living. God. Yes. Because she wanted the stewardess to help her find, figure out what plane she needed to get on next. And she couldn't. So she's like, why can't you just help me? And old McDonald, I'm just going to call him old McDonald from now on. Cause <laughs> just whatever. But he was pretty much just like, get off the plane. <laughs> Well, pardon me for living, the old woman said huffily. I guess I just fell off the hearse. <laughs> All right, lady. Just love, love those. And so Eddie could vaguely hear that from across the door. And it kind of scared him a little. So what's he do? He's sitting there cutting. Literally, he's cutting like this towards him. Why Why you're fucking cutting upwards towards your face? Yeah, I don't know why I don't this know. was the best direction to go. So he's doing that and hearing that kind of scared him. So it was like, prick. So he's now bleeding. <laughs> he's bleeding because it's a very sharp knife. He's, his hand jerked a little and he saw a trickle of blood run down his belly. Well, it can't be helped now. <laughs> uh... So, yes. Well, that was after. Because, yes, she finally got off asking you, is it come out, my friend? I'm done asking. There's no answer. Okay, uh, McDonald said, let's do it. 
And they're starting to break down the door. Barbie for a living, he hears that, and he starts doing that and slipping in the knife, and he gets cut, and... Pretty much, it's like... He... As he gets closer, like, anybody... Anybody who's ever tried to cut anything or, like, put up buttons, anything like that on your shirt, you know that once you get to a certain point, you start not being able to see as well. Me, what happens, like, if I'm trying to, like, fix something on my shirt or try to find something, like, I have a stain, is that if I look down for too long, especially that close, I start to get dizzy. (laughs) Like... It's just this weird thing where it's like you you start to get this weird feeling in your head. So he's sitting there, and as he's getting closer, the blade's starting to disappear Mm -hmm. because of how you're watching. So he's pretty much just like, uh, I can finish and maybe cut myself wide open, or you can try. I can't see what I'm doing. My fucking chin's in the way. (laughs) The gunslinger took the knife in his left hand. The hand was shaking. Watching that blade hone to a suicidal sharpness, shaking like that made Eddie extremely nervous. Maybe I better chance it my... Wait. The gunslinger started, start, stared fixedly at his left hand. Eddie didn't exactly disbelieve in telepathy, but he had never exactly believed in it. Either. either. Nevertheless, he felt something now. Something real and palpable. Uh, as heat baked out of an oven... After a few seconds, he realized what it was. A gathering of this strange man's will. How how the hell can he be dying if I can feel the force of him that strongly? Good old Roland. He's got the force. Uh, The shaking hand began to steady soon and barely shivered. After no more than ten seconds, it was solid as a rock. Now, Gunkslinger said, he took the step forward, raised the knife, and Ellie felt something else baking off him. Rancid fever. Are you left-handed, Eddie asked? No, the gunslinger said. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you might feel uh, better if your eyes were closed a moment. There, the gunslinger said, step back. Took nothing. Just, yeah. With his left hand. Yeah. His sh- the terribly shaking left hand he had a second go with this terribly he, sharp he knife. his Jedi mind trick, and he's like... Yeah. We're done. I'm good. And then, of course, they... He keeps hearing them on the other side. So, Gunslinger's like, it's cut now, start yanking. Like, yep, we get the tape off now. So, Eddie's working on the front. Roland goes around to the back. Eddie's like, sitting here kind of ripping on it. He's thinking, wow, I'm glad I don't have a hairy chest like my brother. Exactly, thank God, because that hurts so much worse. <laughs> and then it's like, he's looking at the irritated skin, kind of contemplating on it, and just... Rip right off the back. Roland doesn't say anything, doesn't he? Just whoop. You don't need to. It's time. We ain't got no time. You got to. You. We gotta get this off of you. He bent down against a scream. Uh, he picked his shirt up with fingers suddenly seeming large and too clumsy. So he's trying to put his shirt back on. Yeah. And Roland makes her. Gods, how can you be so clumsy? <laughs> the gunslinger moaned and rammed his own fist into Eddie's sleeve of Eddie's shirt. Yeah. Eddie grabbed the cuff and yeah. So trying to get Eddie back dressed again. And then he's like sitting there trying to button it and roll it. And it's like, not yet. He's pretty much, you're still bleeding. You're still like, bleeding. <laughs> we can't have blood all over your shirt. So he uses a part of Roland's shirt to wipe the blood off and then starts buttoning again. Um, at this point, 
they are literally tearing down the door. Like, it is rocking off its frame at this point to get in. Yep, there's no time. Casey says, uh, I meant to stuff... He had meant to stuff his shirt, which was now buttoned, and buttoned straight, for I wonder, uh, into his pants. Suddenly, a better idea struck him. He unbuckled his belt instead. There's no time for that, the gunslinger realized, as he tryingly, or trying to scream was unable. That door's only got one hit left in it. I know what I'm doing, it, he said, hoping he did and stepped back through the doorway between the worlds, unsnapping his jeans and raking the zipper down as he went. Yep. After one desperate, despairing moment, the mm. gunslinger followed him, physical and full of hot physical ache at one moment, nothing but cool ka in Hedy's, Eddie's head, head the next. So once again, you have that shift where it's like he's in his own mind and he's frying to death and then steps into Eddie's and whew. He's good. He's solid. For for now, anyway. So they bust down the door, and there we go. Good old Eddie's just sitting there on the toilet. Yep. I mean, why didn't he open the door the entire time? He was just on the toilet. <laughs> well, he couldn't reach. He couldn't, he couldn't he reach couldn't. it. He, ah! Yeah, he, he, even ah! showed, he even showed, and they're like, oh, good good point, good point. He's like, well, why didn't you say anything? I'm just like, yeah. Instead, you let us beat on the door for the last ten minutes. I suppose I could have gotten up, but I, like, I had a desperate situation on my hands. Except it wasn't exactly on my hands, if you get my drift. Not, nor did I want it on my hands, if you catch my further drift. Yeah. 3A smiled a winning, slightly daffy smile, which looked to Captain McDonald approximately as real as a $9 bill. <laughs> Listening to him, you'd think no one had ever taught him the simple trick of leaning forward. <laughs> Get up. Well, I'd be happy to if you could just move the ladies back a little. I know it's outdated in this day and age, but I can't help it. I'm modest. Fact is, I've got a lot lot to be modest about. He held up his left hand, thumb and forefinger, roughly half an inch apart, and winked at Jane Dorning, who blushed bright red and immediately disappeared up the jetway, closely followed by Susie. (laughs) Go, Eddie. Eddie. Just always cool, calm, and collected. So, he goes to try to flush, and yes, our mascot apparently did not like this. No, no. did not like this part of the story. (laughs) But, he goes to flush the toilet, and they're like, nope, 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 we gotta look first. So, they shove him forward a bit to make sure he's not flushing drugs down the toilet. No drugs, but also nothing else. Yes. Is that sometimes you miss? Like, sometimes it's a false alarm. Exactly. Yeah. And then they're like, just get up, pretty much. Just, we're done with you. We get off my plane. And it's like, I want my bag and I want my jacket. Oh, we want you to have all your stuff. And we're very interested in your stuff. Oh, very, very interested in his stuff. And the last thing we get is him being dragged off by custom agents. Because that is the end of chapter three. Next chapter is chapter four. The The Tower. Tower. Hmm. Now, which tower are we visiting today? Mm, well, we know which one. Yeah. The tower. A good chapter. I got much better. I liked it better once we finally got to Eddie and Roland communicating. Finally. Yes. 
I like. I definitely like the back and forth. I like the world hopping. I like the experiments that they do. And even though I do tend to read faster through the non-main character portions, like the pilots and stuff like that, I still think it's cool to see another person's perspective, at least like, and then tying them in together. I, I enjoy that. I just don't like it when it happens throughout an entire book. Then it's just like... I've read books like that where it's like every chapter is from a different perspective from somebody. And I'm like... Once you get to a certain point, you're reading the same book over yeah. and over again. And well, like, some movies really do that too. Yeah. It's like... It's difficult because you can't... You, you don't want to watch yeah. the same thing over and over and over and over again. It gets... Boring. There was a, I don't remember. There was a movie that very specific. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, that was all about that. That I enjoyed. I remember enjoying it. Anyway. It's been a while. When I watched that one, I didn't enjoy it because it was watching the same thing over and over again. But there was one called what is it? I want to say it's Five Eleven. I don't. Know. Either way, it sort of did the same thing, except it was almost like you were thinking you were watching an anthology, pretty much, except it kind of back skipped a little and then you realize that all the events are actually connected kind of like well vantage point you knew they were all going to be connected anyways because mm. it took place in one area yeah one area one but time one area. this one was literally like different characters doing different things all at the exact same time which was whatever time it was i can't remember what the actual time was and then you realize that they actually interconnected with each other mm. and i i actually like that it's the same with um trick-or-treat where it's like there's different um, different stories, but they all tie in together. I haven't seen that. I want to watch it. I couldn't find it this year. I wanted to buy it this year, and I couldn't find it. Hmm. I was sad. I, I was hoping they would either bring it back to Redbox or be on Netflix, and they didn't. Have you? I know. I know the answer, but I'm asking anyway. Have you finished up Sense Eight? Have I been able to do anything besides this? I, I, like I said, I knew the answer, but I had to ask. God, I love that show. Love that show. It's so cool. It is. And that's another one like that I really, really like where it's just like things are tied in together. A lot to world hopping and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that show is so cool. Some things they do and it's so very but, cool. Do you, do you want to bring out the show? Well, you're going to close us out? Yeah. Uh, but a very good chapter. Once again, enjoyed it. Hope you're all following along with us. Anything else we want to say before outroing? Nope. We're just getting closer and closer to even more interesting parts of the book. Yes, yes, more. More interesting. Because things just get more interesting as we go further. So, can't wait to do that. But as always, you can reach me at BJJ Gamer. No, Re- you can't. No, you cannot. Because that's my <laughs> old... I mean, that's definitely not what it is. You can reach me at Stars Untraveled. You can reach Amanda at KZ Pup. It's going to be a while. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. <laughs> that was the first time you messed up. The I know. <laughs> you can reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on podcast services. So you can you can look at our new product that's already out. Um, it's Beyond Our Focus the comic. The web comic. The web comic. That's all I get. We'll be posting that on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There's a 
um, just as a comic comic. And then on YouTube, we got a nice little slideshow that kind of goes through the comic itself. And then Amanda's posting it other places and stuff. Yeah, so, if you go to and if you are on any art sites, it'll also be posted to DeviantArt and for Affinity. So it'll be there as well. So you can check that out. Hopefully you like us. Give us some feedback. I'd love to know what everyone's thinking of our new comic. It's our very first one. Um, we've had mixed results so far. <laughs> So far, one person liked it and one person didn't get it. So, we'll see what everyone else thinks about it. Was, it. it was fun making it. Yes. So. And our next one will be going out two days after this post. Yes. Which, oh, well, we'll see if you enjoy that one. <laughs> uh, yes, it is a parody anthology series. Yes, so. parody anthology. So, prepare the first for one and... About our, yeah. our book. It's a, Not this book, but the first book. But it's about the Dark Tower, yes. so hopefully you'll enjoy that one, particularly and understand it a little bit more than maybe she did. No. And, <laughs> uh, and the next one is more horror-related, because it was supposed to go out this week, but didn't. Yeah. So a week behind, but it'll be all right. So enjoy horror that. Horror is good any time of the year. It is. So enjoy that. Leave a like on the video. Leave a comment down below. Let us know what you're thinking, what's going on, what's happening. Leave a dislike because someone is apparently leave a dislike. So do why. that. We don't know. We don't know if it's an accident. We don't know if it's no, a troll. It's we don't know anything. It's just sporadic. Just it's, it's very intentional. Like, don't know who it is, but it's very intentional. They don't like us. Um, anything else that I'm not thinking of? No, nope, I think we're good. Uh, all right. Till next time. Long days and pleasant nights.